podcast uh here you got ahmed muhammad ayana has returned hey so happy back from your week away lala the supreme and shakur wyatt you already know be, uh, our producer today so. so today we've got a family related topic because hmm. this is a family podcast of course so today we're going to talk about parenting styles Oh. Now, yeah. now y'all, you're aware that two people in the group are adults who could be aspiring parents currently right now. So, as the, <laughs> as the two adults who might be aspiring parents, yeah, what do I gotta say about parenting styles? Would you pick one of the other? Are you thinking about using one for your own kid? Possibly your, oh, your mom. Well, your... <laughs> no, he just like left so far in. Before we even get into anything, like I just like to like I just like to say that all four of us in here could be parents. So yeah, exactly. let's Especially just me. say that. It's Wait, not what? just me and Ahmed. All four of us in here could, you know, theoretically be parents. So let's and let's it. preface and uh contextualize this conversation. Like, <laughs> Seriously. Um, like parenting styles. Um what yeah. did you like about yours? What did you appreciate? What worked? What didn't work? Oh, so forth oh, and so on. Uh, whoever uh, wants to go first. Am I? Am what? I qualified? Am I? Okay, so I'm. I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go. We're all qualified. Right. As yeah, long as we're all qualified. Yes, qualified. you received a parenting style. That's right. Okay. Uh, so what I what I appreciate is I was at a very early age I was taught ex- like extreme moral values. Not not extreme, but you know, mm. important moral values like loyalty uh discipline stuff you know stuff like that so i, I appreciate that I, I don't know how we're gonna go about what we didn't appreciate <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean because you currently live at home yeah he doesn't want to get evicted now yeah he's gotta keep it low key yeah, yeah. With, with respect to parents, you know, and no, everything is, is really taken with a pinch of salt. So to say that you didn't agree with something or that you would do something differently with your own children is not to throw shade on your own parents, right? Right. Any human being, I would say worth anything, would want to give their own children a better childhood than what they have. So that's mm. usually what parents try to do, at least the that's parents the goal. That I know. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think sure. you should raise your kids the way, the way you were raised because you live in a different time. Different times. Mm. Ooh, so that's the first gem. That's the first gem. Oh, this is gonna be good. Um, oh, yeah, so Lalo's gotta avoid the pink slip so that yeah. he doesn't get his papers and uh sent packet. <laughs> but um exactly. yeah, that was the first gem I, I feel like right there. You said parents uh should not attempt to raise their children the same way that they've been ri- uh risen. Because, oh, uh, there's a, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Same way that they've been raised because they live in a different time. Well, well, certain things like having to walk three miles to go to school don't apply to <laughs> us. We have, we have, we have buses and trains and stuff like that. So I, I feel like some of their struggles in comparison to ours may have been harder or different, but the, the, what is it? The, the popular thing that they always use is in my time it was like this mm. you should be more like this you know so i feel like 
it, there should be more uh, more range for you to for you to teach your kid how to change because you're changing too as you grow up instead right. of so you're saying instead that of this, following. So if I'm following you, you're saying that the scale and the scope of the 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 the, the of the struggles that you, the parents went through are different from the scale and the scope that the child would go through because particularly they're in different eras. If yeah. you were struggling in this way and had to go 150 miles, sorry, no, five miles to carry water or something like that, due to uh, the plights of poverty, the scale and struggles have changed because uh, as you have raised me in the state that I am in, I am not in that degree of poverty, one, and two, my struggles are going to be different. And so uh, relating to me on the basis of you having these extreme struggles does not put uh, my life into any better perspective and help me appreciate what it is I have anymore. Mm. Second, Jim. I can understand... I can understand that perspective 100%. You need something more grounded in your reality because those stories uh, seem may seem a little fantastical to you. And, um, you know, and they just, they're not, they don't relate to you the same way. And so you need some in-world, in in-universe knowledge uh, or information that can help you stay grounded and relate to that. Yeah, different can- circumstances, different approaches. Right. Um, and have you ever tried to bring that information to a parent and your parents and say, hey, look, you know, I've um, I live in a sort of different world than you. I understand that you've been through things, you know, um, but the struggles that I'm having are going to be different. You know? So uh, what can you say to me that can help me be uh, better, but um, don't come from this, this sort of because it, it, it feels like there's an imbalance, right? There's a degree of condescension when someone says, hey, listen, my struggle was so hard. I had to carry water because I had no electricity. I had to do all these uh, things that were really difficult and extreme, and they're completely out of your scope. You've never had to do anything like that. And so you're like, oh, wow, well, I, you know, you're always going to have this thing of over me in a conversation because I've never experienced those things. So I'm always going to be ungrateful to you no matter what. Wow. So, yeah, how do we get around that? Well, in in that case, it's just that baseline is different for the child versus the parent. It was a different era, and it required a different set of skills. What I more so lean towards, so the things that can be transferred through generations and could still have value from, let's say, great-grandmother until great-grandchild, are things that... Okay, for example, they can transcend religion, they can transcend socioeconomic status, they can transcend a lot of those things. Those are the core values like empathy, um, like being honest, like working, working hard, putting in, putting in your time, like um, caring about your neighbors, like just those basic human aspects of what a person does need to develop even at the very beginning stages of their life. Let's say, for example, between the ages of like being born and age seven, like during those time, that those formative years, it's really important that a child has a certain structure and that a child has a, a certain sort of um, building blocks, right? So some tools that you can use to build off of. Like and fundamentals. I believe, 
Exactly. And I believe that those, of course, some of this is easier said than done, but I do believe that some of those fundamentals, they transcend religion and they do withstand the test of time. And I think if the, the, the parents who've passed those down can instill that into, into the next generation, then I think that's the beginning of what could be a hopeful transition, where if they were administering empathy, right, and, and trying to be more understanding of the next generation, then they would be able to see, hey, I clearly brought my kids up in a different generation, and that would require a different set of skills, and it is virtually impossible for me to judge them off of the struggles that I have because they cannot fathom those struggles because they never experienced them. So um, especially when it's like, that's all you had, right? You couldn't just jump on the internet and go looking for a job because, oh wait, there was no internet. So the world was just so different. And when children born today and born 10 or more years ago, you know, they're born with, they say, five or more devices you know, as opposed to the Generation X and Baby Boomers where they weren't born with any. So it's yeah. really important to keep that in mind that the world has changed so much. And with that, we have to evolve the level of, of parenting or the style of parenting. But I believe that the core values of honesty, love, uh, giving charity, I believe that those core, va core values still play a really important role in, in life because at the end of the day, we are human, even regardless of technology we're still human and we still need those human interactions so that's yeah how I feel about it absolutely um no to uh, to kind of add on that it sounded like there were things immediately that Lalo could uh point to and say that he appreciated he said that he was mm. raised with these uh pretty good values and stuff um so then I'd have to ask is there a point I mean is, is there a possibility that sometimes parents can uh, see the, the upbringing that they've provided for the child and think, uh, begin to envy that and interpret that as the child being ungrateful? Because, oh, oh sure. you have these things that I didn't have for and sure. you're living this life that I didn't live and uh, that makes me a little bit resentful, and, and, you know? I mean, I could certainly see that mm -hmm. if, if, if a parent's arguing with a kid or, frustrated with with just getting on the same page of them because they're like well, well when i was your age i had three kids already i was working two jobs and this that and the third but thanks to the work that the parent did now they've been able to set their kids up completely differently and at the same age now their kid can choose to focus on education and school or even passion projects so it's it does become um i think it, it does it does give a parent some it's a tough place to be, especially I think when you start to look at your kids in that way, as, hey, you have so much, you know, I've given you so much. And I think there is, there could be a level of resentment there. I think that for sure. Right. I think, um, I, I know, like, cause you see some of those families, uh, especially like Caribbean families and stuff who have struggled mm. so much for, for, um, for, to get their foot in the door like in this country and, yeah. and, and then um and then the child and then you have a child that turns around and says something like oh you know i i don't have any plans to go to college or something like that right. that <laughs> right. could be a complete and utter slap in the face yeah and um and it's always not because the child is lazy or something but they see opportunities uh differently now you know sure. versus a child who was raised in a house versus a child that was raised in an apartment, you know? 
for sure. Those for sure. they're gonna their perspective is going to be different because when you're raised in a house, it's a different perspective. You're, you're not you're not in the same sort of uh, fight or flight, I guess, mode that a child you know raised in an, an apartment or a, uh, with a family who's steadily and constantly moving due to, due to financial hardships and stuff like that. Right. When, when you're raised in a house, there's more stability in there, and you know, you know, if I go outside and um, uh, do something stupid or lose my job or something, I have a I have a place to return to. Return to. That's and a so big one. they they um they approach life differently, you know. Yeah, I think also just the world has changed so much, and technology has really opened up the doors. I mean, if you really think about it, there are people like Lalu and Corey's age that are that are millionaires and billionaires now. And they've created jobs through YouTube. They've created jobs through TikTok, through, you know, just different social media platforms that weren't even around. And so I say that because you were mentioning the traditional route of a, of a, a child saying, hey, I'm not going to go the traditional college route. Well, nowadays we see that there are multiple ways to, to earn you you know, revenue. There are so many different ways now. And so I think, although it may be, I'm going to say, quote unquote, non-traditional, I think it's really important for parents, even though it may be tough to kind of be a little bit more open-minded. And I say this knowing full and well that I'm no one's parent. So maybe at when that time comes, I'll probably be like, are you kidding me? You will go to, you know, you will go to school. But at this stage in the game, I, I say if a person's passionate about what they're doing and that you actually see them putting in the work, you know, why not at least at least see where that could go, especially if you have already created a decent foundation, which they could come back from. I'm not saying let your kids be lazy and do nothing and have no ambition. I'm just saying, you know, I think that the world of possibilities have really opened up. A lot of times that those that back and forth between the parents and the children and the type of work um, is is so problematic because there's a lack of understanding from the the parents' perspective, especially when we're talking um, baby boomers and uh, Gen X. There's there's really a disparity between them understanding understanding and seeing non-traditional jobs as jobs, you know, versus them saying, okay, if you don't take this traditional route of college and marriage and then producing your own children within this time frame, you're like throwing your life away versus the generation of um, millennials and generation Z, which are creating really the, the, the jobs today. So, I mean, so much has changed. And I think as long as parents understand that the world is ever changing and evolving and they have to evolve their parenting styles and mindsets with that, you know, maybe that can provide them some peace. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, let's let's hear from Shakur before we um, like uh, transition into another area. Uh, so Shakur, let's uh, go ahead and ask you that uh, question. Uh, parenting styles. Uh, what did you like? Uh, what what didn't work? What what worked? What didn't work? And um, yeah. Um, and what do you appreciate? Sorry. What what worked? What didn't work? And what do you appreciate? What worked? What didn't work? Um. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I can't really identify a specific parenting style I went through or experienced mm-hmm. because I lived in a lot of places. Like like I lived in upstate New York. I lived in the city of New York. I lived in Utah. I lived in Maryland. I lived in a couple of places like all over the U.S. So, and with each time, with my parents and my family, they went through a different transition. Sometimes the way they uh, 
treated me as a child changed. Like sometimes I got more respect from a certain person because I had to mature faster. And then when I went to another family or like I went to an, like uh, another environment, it was a bit different because I was still seen as a child sometimes. So I'm gonna like narrow down on like I guess my main immediate family, like 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 my dad and my mom. They're split. So when it comes to my dad, I was taught like to show independence, to show like uh, to value others, to show to be responsible for others. If you're around the group, you have to be you have to be the most responsible. You have to show everyone that that they can rely on you. You know what I'm saying? My dad wanted me to be a man by the time I left that house. You know what I'm saying? He wanted me to be able, he wanted to know I'm, I'm not gonna die outside in the world. He taught me that you are a black man, you are a black boy, and you could get shot in one of these streets. Like if I came home too late, he's like, you could get shot, don't do that. Like he taught me that life is hard. Like when you're a black person, you're already 10 steps down. Like you gotta you got try harder than everybody else around you. And he, like, when I put that into like my real world, I, I understand now when I, like, I'm out on my own, I understand why my dad was sitting me down for uh, every couple months and stuff like that. He would sit me down and we would talk and then he would be like, you gotta understand, there's a reason why I, I gave you these talks. There's a reason why I'm, he's like, I be, he's like I'm scared for you. There's a reason why I'm scared. Because the world is not—it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's gonna be hard on you. It's gonna—it's gonna beat your ass," he said. And then with my mom, my mom is very protective. She has been working and she's been in school my entire life, and everything she's ever done in school and in work has been for her children, has been for me, has been for my sister, my brothers, all. Of them. It's been for us every single day. So when I come to her house, uh, I'm very protected. I'm very shelter she's like you can do whatever you want and stuff like that i help around the house and stuff like that my mom is she's very protective she's not like my dad she's not like he's he promotes independence and she promotes she she my mom depends on me in a way that like i don't know she depends on me to remain a consistent person in her life and depends on me to remain consistent myself like my dad wants me to evolve my mom's like you can say the same and i'll love you i'll always love you I'm her little, I'm her baby, you know what I'm saying? I'm her baby, we're all her babies. And she just wants to see us all safe, so. What I liked about what my dad did was like, it taught me that I'm gonna have to fight in this world. He taught me that every single day I walk outside that door, I'm gonna have to fight. And then what I didn't like was as a kid, I turned my dad into a villain a lot of times as a kid. Like, I didn't really understand why he was, he came off as cold sometimes, but. I understand growing up now why my dad was the way he was. He was not cold to me as a, as a kid, or at least when, when I'm not growing up. I understand. I'm like, holy crap. My dad was trying to teach me crap. Like, as a as an 18-year-old, as technically a legal adult now, I'm understanding the words he spoke to me. I'm understanding whenever I walk outside the door, all the things he said. And I'm putting them all to practice now, actually. Every single time I go take out the trash now on my own, I'm putting everything my dad instilled in me into practice from the way I carry myself to how I have to roll my shoulders back and puff on my chest and sit up straight and stuff like every single every single time I, I walk. I want to walk with what my dad taught me and even what my mom taught me. I didn't like how she would baby me. Um, she would use me as a diary. Like I didn't appreciate some of that now, now that I'm older. When I was a kid, 
it brought me comfort being close to my mom and her and like being close always talking to her and stuff like that but now i'm older i'm like i still appreciate that too honestly because in this world um a lot of times some women aren't appreciated and me living with my mom and spending a lot of time with my mom helped me appreciate some of the things when it comes to like women like i have a lot of girl i have a lot of friends that are girls and i can relate to them now because of what i learned from my mom like i can understand certain things and i can translate that to actual like actual social situations what i learned from her and stuff like that and i also learned from her to be a hard worker my mom has been working ever since i was born from college to college has been working in uh what's it called the medical uh area i don't know i don't really know what it's called I, I losing the word but she's been in the medical medical area and she's been working her joint off and she used to tell me she used to plan my life out like you're gonna do this this and this and this and this my dad was just like do what you want to do just don't just don't fail and if you fail i'll be here to catch you but my mom used to plan my life this 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 nah nah i don't i don't really like that but i understand now why she wanted to plan my life i understand why she thought that I needed a whole re- a whole list of things I need to accomplish and why she wanted me to start early. That's that's really it. That's that's my part, Ami, Ayana. Wow, that's a whole lot and very uh very introspective. Um yeah, your experiences have been a lot more different than Lalo's, especially because um I guess some of the transitional periods that Lalo uh, has has experienced, you know, as a child, he was he was younger than you, and mm. you you happen to be older, and um, so you've had you you have better recollection of those transitions. The periods. oldest, the oldest. So I think that's really important. Cor is the oldest of his family. Lalo's the right. youngest of his family. So. Right. And then um, yeah, there was some good some good ones in there. He said uh, he appreciates you know as the black man particularly. Uh, that that is that his father mentioned to him. Hey, or sat him down and had those conversations with yeah. him. Hey, look, life is going to be hard. You're going to be ten steps behind everyone. You know, you're going to have to try harder than others. The world is not sunshine and rainbows, and um, have to fight every day. And um, <laughs> yeah, those are those are all true. Yeah. Mother taught you to be a hard worker, which is excellent, and you receive comforting and and everything there and always uh you know a place to be accepted and to be and to return to and um yeah i think i think that's that's great it's, from here it sounds like you know your um your dad was a is, is an authoritative parent authoritative <laughs> parent and they say that those guys uh enforce rules consequences but unlike uh, the other yep. parents, that's like authoritarian, uh, they will they will take your feelings into consideration, and also on top of that, the individuals raised under these uh, parenting styles. No, I can really have, dissect uh, this if I had the time. I could really responsible. So, <laughs> according to you know uh, the four the four uh, parenting styles, which are authoritarian, authoritative, permissive and uninvolved slash uh neglectful it's it says that um you should have you should you should end up a very responsible adult so congratulations <laughs> you're, you're gonna be on your way <laughs> with an authoritative uh 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 parents 
you and you're saying that you're getting this some of this authoritativeness from your father um right. who's instilling um values in you and then holding you accountable with them with consequences i think also there's something to be said about the conversations that you have and the oh, upbringing before that, we, you, that you go before sorry, we move one, on no no i don't want to move on yet i want to say one more thing about this uh, okay i was going to say one line okay go ahead <laughs> Also, also, he he has a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> Who does? He, he, girl, you heard, dash he, you heard he was girl, about to say that. Dash <laughs> oh, that's yeah, not the direction I was going. And then he took the pause. It, it, did you hear that? It's yeah, a girl, dash Oh my god, not romantic relationships. Mm. These are friend relationships. Mm. Oh, he's oh got my a lot god, of, a lot of friends. Wow. Okay, okay. I don't gotta blow the spot. Yeah, of course, Ahmed would catch that. And that really does help me segue into this one thing that I wanted to say about the relationship with with mom versus dad. Um, the relationship with your dad and what your dad can teach you are things that your mother can't teach you because she's not a black man. Do you see what I'm saying? This, so that's, wow, wow, that's so true. true. It's, wow, that was so true, that was so yeah. true. Yeah, so it's really important that it's wonderful that he's able to, to articulate himself that way. And I mean, that shows tremendous growth in, in um, just parenting style. Well, that's awesome. But there's one thing that you do have to keep in mind that your, your mother will nurture and she'll provide what she can provide, but she can't give you the experience of what it's like to be a man because she's not a man. Um, so, so that's it's, it's great that your dad's able to give you that structure. What I would like to know from Corey is, what would you do with your kids? My kids? Okay, yeah. okay. If I was to be honest, it would be some sort of mirror of my father, maybe. It would be some kind of, some kind of mirror, because sure, my mom, my mom, I wouldn't replicate her, her style. I don't know. It just really doesn't fit with my image of my head when I have my own children. My it, it looks more like what my dad did, except for um, not to blow your spot, dad, if you're listening to this. But a lot of times, my dad, I felt like I was indifferent sometimes whenever he would look at me. Like emotion-wise, my dad never really gave me that acknowledgement sometimes whenever I wanted it. Like so, whenever I have my own children, I think I would understand that emotion. Emotion development, emotional development is also important, as well as like physical and mental. Like, I would have to understand, and I have to call attention to the fact that some people, when they're growing up, especially in teen years, they're highly emotional and they're constantly thinking and their minds constantly running. And that means that whenever their con minds constantly running, I have to put that into the equation. Like, this kid, this is still a teenager that's still thinking, highly emotional, highly this and that. And I would move forward slowly, I think. Very, very slowly. A lot of talks, yeah. a lot of a lot of getting things out in the open. Not because a lot of times people hide things. A lot of times, especially children and things, they hide things a lot, which which I know I know I know is at least in my generation is very predominant when people yeah. hide things from the other people. Yeah. So a lot of talks, a lot of out in the open. I wouldn't be like, hey, family meeting. No, not family meeting kind of talk. Just a real talk the way my dad had with me sometimes. It's a real talk. Sit down. And if it's, I want, I want a girl at least. I want a girl, I want a girl first, even though they are held. I want a girl first. I want to talk with my daughter. And I want to understand my daughter because I know it's hard for women. And I want to understand and help my daughter through the times. 
Yes. Yes, Lalo. Really? Uh, to Shakur Jr. Uh, 15 years in the future from now. 15 years? I'm really years? sorry, buddy. I'm really sorry, buddy. I'm 18. <laughs> 15 years. What? If it's a girl, is it going to be Shakur Jr. still? <laughs> yeah, will it? <laughs> Corey, Corey Jr. There we go. That's a better name. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a um, crossover name. Yeah, yeah that can work. Uh, Ami, can, can we hit those uh, those four types of uh, parenting styles you just mentioned? Please, sure. I want to so, know about those. <laughs> authoritarian, authoritarian is uh, primarily primarily based around you know uh, the parent being an authoritarian figure. You know, kind of just follow the rules without question. That's a, sort strict, of, uh, a strict parent. Is that what it is? A strict yeah, that's sort of uh, yeah. uh, child rearing style. It's like no questions and to ask kind of thing. Yes, yeah, they say stuff like because I said so, and um, they don't take into feelings into account the feelings of the child. They can be hostile, aggressive, and uh, children in this uh, race in this sort of uh, parenting style can develop self esteem issues. And then you have authoritative uh, <laughs> parenting styles. Laugh authoritative. No, that's serious. You saw, I, I you said, saw can you pause for a trouble. second? No, I wasn't laughing. Yeah. I was like, whew. Because he said they can develop. Can you say that again? Uh, self-esteem issues. Self-esteem issues. And and this is so important if you consider the way that um, your parents, not, not anyone in this room, but your parents were raised versus the way that they're trying to raise you. That's also something that you really, really have to keep in mind. The, those, Because I remember hearing things from my parents about uh, corporal punishment and saying, well, you know, well, my parents did that to me, and so that's what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? We so, we're not going to end up here. Right. In that case, it was like, <laughs> right, Ahmed. In that case, it was like, this is what I know, and so this is what I do. It was not about uh, breaking a cycle, it was not about changing anything. It was just about this is what I was taught, and this is what I know, and that's it. So, that's really interesting. Okay, you can carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that you just made my mind go like bam, like okay. Yeah, and I think we'll have a lot more of those, and we'll be uh, right back to this topic anyway. Um, Okay. So authoritative uh, parenting styles—they enforce the rules and the consequences. Uh, The the main uh, difference here is the consequences, and unlike the authoritarian style, they also take into account the the child's feelings, and we saw some of that with what um, Shakur kind of presented. You know, enforcing those rules and the consequences when you come in. Hey, listen, you've been out late. Sit down. Here's why. Okay, yeah. the why is that yes. you're a black man. You need, Sounds you need like to me. Understand that, <laughs> and you need to understand that there, <laughs> unfortunately, there are consequences for being our our race in this country. Yes, and um, they're going to be continued challenges that you're going to experience uh, throughout for your sure. whole existence. For sure. And um, this type. They say tends to make uh, responsible adults, mm. and then we have permissive, which uh, you know rules with rules without you know enforcement and consequences. Your yeah, kids who grow up with uh, permissive parents, they say are more likely to struggle academically. That's largely because of the lack of structure. So, like a carefree parent with that says, "Oh, just don't do this around that. Like, don't burn the house down, but you can do whatever you want." That kind of. Thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, don't burn the house down, but then uh, when you light a match, they don't. There's no follow up. You know, there's no enforcement. Like, hey, put that match down. No matches ever because it will burn the house down. 
you know, you got to set the rule and or with the authoritarian authoritative ones, sorry, they uh, set the rule and then reinforce with consequences. That's the fall of. Yeah. Uh, And then we have the uh, uninvolved parents, which brings us to the Hannah Bakers. Who is this? I'm so lost. Uh, oh, oh god, you didn't want 30 reasons why. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. I, know, I, I couldn't get into it. Sorry. Oh god. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So yeah, let's just, they, let's just they, say stay away from high places and sharp, sharp things. Sorry, yeah, uninvolved parents, you know, the child still ends up with self-esteem issues. They're just, the parent doesn't pay attention to them. They come home from school, the parent doesn't ask them questions like, hey, no, how does school do it? You know, there's no follow-up. It's just the child's kind of drifting through life. They're indifferent to their existence, basically. Yeah, not even raising themselves, just kind of drifting, you know. Horrible. Uh, They're probably in front of a TV something just really not paying attention to i feel like parents like this end up with like their parents like this usually have problems with their own like alcoholism or uh, addicted to some kind of substance or I, I don't know a parent like this that just doesn't care about you usually there's something else going on like there's usually there's, yeah. there's something else happening mm-hmm. in the woodwork you're right um yeah kind of just like raising raising themselves yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but you know, it the world has all types. That's true. Uh, hold up. I wanna, I wanna add, I wanna add like, I wanna add like two or three in there. We can talk about them. Whoa. Uh, you got. Well, those are the main the, ones uh, and the ones that are gone over by us. The main ones. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna put in the uh, the manipulators. Whoa. I'm gonna put in. Ooh, we're good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Taking a dark I'm turn. Go, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna put the manipulators. I'm gonna put the what's it called when you're like addicted to something and someone keeps supporting you, like they're they're Enabler. overhelping Enabler. the enablers. Enabler. Would the enablers be submissive? Um. No. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. That's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I think they're just like they feel sorry for you. Or if they, they feel so much compassion for you, oh, this is my baby, you know, I want them to have the best of everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see it from that way. If they're enabling the behaviors that they feel sorry for you or that they don't, they don't have it in their heart to punish. Okay. And then I'm going to add one last one. What's, what's a word for someone who, uh, what's a word for someone who, uh, let's, like, let's say like a parent who lies to themselves. I want to they're the liars but they're lying to themselves more specifically what i'm saying yeah they're they're in denial a denial a denial accusatory type can we go into details about these things what about the yeah (laughs) are are these are these your own or i think he's making these up these these, these aren't i mean i've had my experiences of whatever but these aren't specific to me i'm just i'm just bringing up all the types that i've seen really Hmm. so you got those three that i added and so what do you, what do you, you think did, about those? Uh, did you make those up or? I think he's I making had these up. in my notes. Okay. Oh, okay. Notes. So like, I just want to know the origin of uh, the information. 
Yeah. They're not categorized as parenting styles. These are just some parenting things that he's seen. And oh, he you to, pointed out? That he's okay. pointing well, out. All right. Yeah. Okay, Technically, so I wouldn't call them styles. They're more like flaws, you know? Okay. So let's point out the, uh, the, the first four were the ones that are um, listed by the American uh, Psych- Psychology Association. Yes. Those, is, those are, have been studied. Sorry. An, go ahead. An association of psychologists that has been in... Uh, it, it, that has been an association since the 1800s. Right. And then, um, yeah, so if we're adding uh, our own kind of uh, styles, yeah, I'd like why to not? add one too. Uh-oh, um, uh-oh. Yes, please. Yeah, what about the uh, the the parentifier? So the one what who no? anoints... So uh, what? The, the parent parentifier. So there's this thing called the parentification of children and the parentification ah. of children is when a parent anoints a child to take on a role or responsibility oh boy, this is getting of dark. an adult and uh here's some signs that you are ha- you are parentified as a child it's like making the children raise the other children yep oh oh so, <laughs> i'm trying to grasp i know y'all like, lost i know y'all lost about? yeah yeah so no, that's, that's why not- i called it the Parentifier, you know, it anoints you as. as you a sound like Doctor Jupiter Smirch with that. What are you talking about, that Parentifier? I'm sorry. <laughs> like what? I mean, he's trying well, to get clinical on us. I mean, you it would sound like is, it sounds is, like some kind of ray. Like you're gonna shoot at somebody in a cartoon, like a Parentifier. <laughs> That's how it well, feels too. Hey, okay. <laughs> you have to ask what is uh, the uh, you know Parentification? They came up with that one first. Anyway. Oh boy. So yeah, some of the signs that you've been uh, parentified as a child is that you grew up with, you know, feeling like you had to be responsible or you had um, trouble with play or letting loose, like to feel in control, pulled into arguments or issues between caregivers, felt like you were given responsibilities that were not appropriate for someone your age, Hmm. often... uh, compliments for being so good and so responsible may feel that being uh, self-reliant is better than trying to trust others mm. don't really remember being a kid <laughs> oh boy that's sad parents had trouble uh, caregiving, uh, caring for themselves and others and place their responsibility on you Yeah. you often found uh, yourself becoming a caregiver for others or being a caretaker feels good even when you are uh, sacrificing parts of yourself. Heightened sense of empathy and an ability to more closely connect with others. Feel like you need to be a peacemaker or feel mm. like your efforts are not appreciated. Mm. Those are pretty broad. But... Yeah, those are pretty broad. Oh, let's wait, since since you gave uh, like a whole description can we uh, give descriptions to mine too yeah I wanted you to tell some more about that go ahead alright what was the first one I mentioned uh, oh okay the manipulators see I'm not as cool as as, as, as collected as have. Ami so Ami yeah. you wanna you wanna help me out with this <laughs> with the explanation oh sure yeah what do you got okay so for the manipulators I have uh, well they sort of make you feel like you're doing something. It's almost like a sense of grooming, like child grooming. Like they make you reliant on them, but most things are your fault. And they use you to do, I don't know, things that they shouldn't or you shouldn't specifically. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Or um, I don't know. Maybe when they're in their seventies, they're still using you to feel guilt because they're old or whatever. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they have yeah. uh, they have people that do that in and like all spheres of life. And yeah. it's funny that you say that. Like, um, it's like okay, so when you're in that authoritarian uh, role or, or authoritative role, where you're supposed to be providing the guidance so that the individual builds the autonomy and can act and function on their own, they're more focused on you becoming subservient to them so that when you come back, they're the ones, they're the bearers of all the wisdom and knowledge and you need to seek that through through them in all ways, all forms, rather than, uh, and, and it's a form of manipulation. It's like, that hey, is come, manipulation. come to me for the information rather than me instilling you in you the values and autonomy and everything to do what it is you need to do right like empower you to seek that information yourself or guide you to where to get resources or something like that it sounds like that happens happens in family that happens happens at work a lot yeah at least my job uh yeah this sounds like brainwashing to me that's what i said it's almost like a it's almost a form of grooming they sort of groom you into I don't know. It usually leads to lives of sadness, depression, and things like that. Things of that orientation. Mm-hmm. Orient. I don't know. Um, and then there's the guilt tripping. There's so much guilt tripping when it comes to manipulation. And it sounds it sounds kind of weird coming from, like, uh, when you think about it, we're talking about parents. So yeah. manipulation from a parent to a child just sounds taboo to me. It doesn't sound right, like... Because how do you, you manipulate have to consider your... that yeah. you what? You have to consider that parents are hu- you have to consider that parents are humans too, right? Mm. So parents are people. Say for example, your parents had you when they were like your mother was about nineteen. So parents yeah. are, are people. Some of them are very young, some of them are not. But they still have the hopes, needs, dreams, and wants, regardless of the fact that they've birthed children. So as you're growing up, a lot of times people the par- parents can have different fears about losing control or the child's getting older and developing ideas of their own or they're afraid of losing you in the future so they they start early <laughs> i don't know that it's a master plan i think it's just i don't know it could just be, could just be a, a style of keeping control yeah uh what was the other one that i said it was I had- Oh, the, the, yeah, the ones it definitely is. A, sorry, it definitely is. A, I, I had a pause there. I was, I was trying. Oh to yeah, go ahead, me. go ahead. It definitely is um, a style of keeping control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yep, that manipulation. It's all about being that that um that big boss, that authoritarian power. But it's not in a direct way where it's like, hey, uh, do this thing because it's right for you. It's do this thing, but I'm not going to give you the full scope of any of this because the goal is to manipulate you so that you can be subservient to me and yeah. I can feel good about people coming to me, you coming to me for things mm-hmm. rather than instilling you, you know, um, Like they values. hold the keys always. Right. I always must be that key holder. You should mm-hmm. be, but as a teacher who is there to instill autonomy and give someone the tools to, to function autonomously you should uh be okay with teaching the skill and letting go and letting go yep and letting then saying oh wow and, and, and then getting gratitude when you see the success uh achieved and you know right 
Right. No, but they want to hold on to it till that very last moment and manipulate you into coming to them. And when you come to them, that's when they feel the elation. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And then we got uh, denial. Uh, Denial. uh, For so for what I have before, I mean, this is smooth. It's smooth spiel. With the parental Um, fire. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So for the denial, it's it's also a lot of uh, denial comes in many forms. So I would say maybe I don't know. Maybe your parent treats you like crap, and at some point when you get older and you're old enough to speak up for yourself and and talk about these things with them it's uh it's a whole thing like it's kind of it's kind of a form of manipulation in a way but also not because the denial is really only affecting them if you're strong enough to be like uh, you know you're you're doing this to yourself sort of they sort of punish themselves sort of uh in order to be believed or for you to uh feel bad for them or you know uh you know, you know what I mean, right? When you like, say denial, are you uh, are you meaning that they're in denial about mistreating you, or about um, their parental style not being good? Well, the well, it's not necessarily about their parental style. It's more so just about because uh, parenting comes in so many different forms. Like maybe maybe I'm trying to find trying, a good example. Are, yeah, are you trying yeah. to avoid saying? Uh, um, are you, are you trying to avoid the word liar? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I don't understand. Are you saying like that they would be lying about something that they did? Like for uh, example, about you whatever, were, about whatever the thing could be. Um, whatever it, whatever it could be. Yeah. But yeah, um, another form of you know deceit and manipulation. It's and gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like maybe maybe they have certain behaviors or whatever and you maybe you love your parent and they have like behaviors or habits or whatever and you and you like I don't know try to get them out of those behaviors but yeah. the denial would be they're comfortable in their own world no matter how bad that world objectively is and they will lie in order to maintain whatever comfortability they feel in their insecurities Comfort, yeah. I, I was not thinking it like that I was thinking like oh they burn their hand. Oh, this is your fault. This is your fault. You did. Well, this yeah, that you. plays into it too. It comes in many different forms. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's definitely a form of uh, gaslighting as well. Yeah. It's a changes changes difficult um, in any in any situation, but also when it comes to a parent and a child. Now you're grown, and now you're almost confronting them about about certain realities. And yeah. If you if you were as a child may not have been aware. I'm not giving. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, okay? But I'm I'm not saying that bad parenting or abusive parenting is ever okay, because it's not. But what I'm saying is this. What they perceive to be one thing at that time, you may have perceived to be another thing. Or they did do the abuse, but in their mind, they were just coping with a breakup or coping with not having money, couldn't pay bills. And they, they chose the wrong methods. Of, mm. of, of of you know of showing that frustration, they chose the wrong way to yeah. you know to cope with their situation, and in yeah. that that led to you having or whomever having these abusive moments. 
So when you bring that up to them, they may still, they may be saying, well, I, you know, I got by on making, almost not making rent or losing the car. So at that time, I wasn't focused on your feelings or the fact that you didn't eat dinner three days in a row. You know what I mean? Boom. So, you know, so yeah. it's, and it's I, I tragic. Think, that I was think a wonderful, that was advocate. Yeah, I think this ties back into uh, what um, Lala was talking about before saying, um, Sorry, why does my brain keep not working? Uh, Come on, brain. You having a slow moment? Oh, so um, yeah. So when the parent ignores those uh, subjective experiences of the child, and mm. you know, th- and then the scale is off, it's like, hey, you know, I had to do these things, you know, all these extra things, and it's like, hey, I'm just a child, and you know, I don't have all those experiences, so you're gonna have to, you know, understand that our experiences are different you know and yeah. that was an, that was a different and isolated experience in that time period and in that place and um you know like that's that's kind of a form of you know sliding as well you know yeah and then you know you're like they're almost it's like they're almost playing you know the victim because because that, they don't see it that a, way. There's or... an imbalance. Like there's no way for you to win in this situation because the fact that your perspective is so different. There's no way for you to win in a conversation like that. It's like, hey, look, um, I didn't have those experiences, and so I don't understand how I'm being ungrateful when they call you ungrateful because it's the scale. Like, hey, look, you know, I had to go through these hardships when I was younger and um, that was because we didn't have things and now you have all these things and now you're being ungrateful. Mm. And it's like, hey, but that's not my experience. And to call that my experience and not take into account the uh, context and the subjective experiences that you've had as a child that I and the ones that I've had, um, you know, kind of puts me in a lose-lose situation in this conversation. Right, right. Can, no I, way can I, I comment on that? Yeah. Yeah. Can ahead. I comment on... Okay, so when it comes to, like, gratitude with the parent, so y'all understand my name, Shakur, means the thankful one, right? So... Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yes, my name, Shakur, is one, one of the 99 names of Allah, and it means the thankful one. Hmm. So when I found out as a kid my name meant the thankful one, I kind of, like, instilled that into with my daily life okay so like every time my parents did something for me i was always thankful subconsciously like i've always said thank you and for this and that i've always showed appreciation whenever my dad paid the bill for food i would love to look at the receipt and see how much i added to this bill and be thankful for it okay i was every time we did some kind of event went to movie theaters bought, my, bought me a juice i was so thankful and I, I always tried as many times as i could to tell him thank you for this thank you thank you thank you and I never knew, I don't, I don't even know if my dad understood how much I was thankful for what he did. My mom mm-hmm. was thankful so much for what they did. I was always constantly thanking them. When I prayed, I was I was thankful for them. I always said thank you when I was in prayer. I always said thank you whenever I was walking. Like, I don't think parents understand that we are aware of what they do for us a lot of times. But me personally, I don't know if any other child thinks differently. But whenever it came to my parents' struggles or whenever it came to my parents' uh works in life that were dedicated to me i was always thankful for it and i mm. put it it's exactly what my name means i always thought of my name every time you know what i'm saying from the from the moment i was born i felt like i was taught and when i was named i was taught to be thankful and taught to be grateful for everything i've been i've, I've gotten 
That's yeah, good. That's, that's excellent. Um, yeah, I guess th- that was all to say pretty much that, um, you know, <laughs> that, that form of gaslighting and, you know, parents playing the victim and everything. And then, you know, it just, it just makes the child feel worse, you know, that's really and worse about themselves. And, you know, it's a control mechanism and it's bad. Yeah, especially um, the other thing, I can't remember the, the, the word that you used, Ahmed, but you were talking about um, the whole in my day was this way and, and now it's this way. So if the parents struggled in a certain way and the child's struggle is different, it's, it's really important to understand that just because the struggle is different, that doesn't make the struggle less valid. So a lot of times when we were younger, people would say, well, if you don't like something that you're eating or you're mad, like for us, like, okay, I'm, I'm mad that I only have the beans to eat or something. It's like, oh, well, you know, the kids in, in Africa that are starving. Okay, I well, hate that line. You're hungry you know, or you're not hungry right. or you're tired, go to sleep. Right. If you compare it to that, then obviously that situation will always win. But I'm here and this is my life and this is my experience. And in that experience, I'm struggling in however, in whichever sort of way. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that the struggle itself is valid and it, you know, and it should be addressed. So. But a lot of kids in this generation are spoiled. Well, there's, that's true, but we're not necessarily talking about, we're talking about parenting styles. We're not talking about parenting, parents having to deal with kids I that mean, are climbing I'm, out of the window or smoking pot in the back room or doing I'm just, I'm just saying like, like, like from the, from millennials and like down are- Maybe we should talk about that the next time. Yeah, but a lot, a lot, a lot of people are spoiled. That's why people are always comparing, 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 comparing. Not necessarily, Corey. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm talking about my own life. Ain't nobody in my family spoiled. Yeah, no. Oh, yes, um, I know. It, to answer some luxury. of those questions, uh, or to provide a, 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 a balance to what uh, Lalo had said initially, is that, um, yeah, when there's the end denial and the lying and the gaslighting and everything happening, the first step is becoming aware. You know, the second step is, you know, the first step is to become aware, you know, first being able to recognize and understand that you're being like gaslit or in this way, you know, that's that's a good step. And then a good way to, to handle this is to go over the facts and, you know, the data and remind yourself of what's real and what, what actually happened. And um, you can check in with, you know, somebody that you trust and, or somebody who's a witness to kind of validate your experience. Like um, you know your your other uh, siblings, if that's you know your other siblings check in with them and say, hey, look, this is a situation that I've experienced. You know, have you ever experienced something like this? Um, what do you have to say about this? Like, um, you know, am I am I tripping on this? And then you know, kind of get that validation. Um, and uh, and then you know, you know, and then if. If that if you have a conversation with them, and uh, that's not changing, then you know, you know that you have to you know that you're not going to be able to rely on that you right. know as a, as a source of credibility and validation. That you'll right. have to you know kind of adjust yourself emotionally. That's really important to understand that you may not always receive the outcome that you believe you deserve. 
really, really important to keep that in mind and you have to find some clarity for yourself. And I would even say leave some grace there for your parents in knowing that they are human beings. So Mm -hmm. that means they mess things up. That means they do the wrong thing. Um, And that means they're not always apologetic about it. They're not always open to even going down that road with you. So yeah. that's something that you do have yep. to keep in mind. But if you can, if you dealing with those uh, gaslighting and in denial issues and everything, first uh, step would probably be you know uh, have the awareness of the issue, which you know I mean, is probably there. Yeah, because when you're, uh, I mean, when you're a parent, you kind of develop a certain kind of mindset, and you look at your child differently. Like Antion said, you're not like some parents are not even. Not the option to go down the road of being apologetic in some some situations is not even in their mind because this is a kid to me. They're thinking this is my child. They must act like this, this, and this because I am the parent. I deserve this, this, and this. You know, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Not yeah, they're thinking of them in the context as a child, as an authoritarian. They're thinking of it from the lens of being an authoritarian figure. And you're just a child, so you know. You know, I don't need to take any of those things into. Account. I know, but you don't know. Listen to me, like, yeah, right. And not more so that hey, I'm raising uh, someone to be a functioning, to be an adult, and who's going to pass on these traits and, and these skills and everything I'm going to teach to yeah. the next generation children that they decide to have. That's tragic. Yeah, because it this this type of stuff could lead to some crazy stuff like the. What, what, what was what was it you said the the parent the parentification that could lead to <laughs> oh, parentification that could lead to them in their 40s trying to act like they're in their teens or 20s because all the time they lost being responsible for oh, all those type of things yeah can we talk yeah. about that i want to talk about that parents acting like teens or somebody like younger than they actually are that i want i was gonna say it's not a parenting style i was gonna say it's something similar and I wanted to go into detail about that because, like, there are some parents out there that will act like, like, they'll act like they're so much younger, like, early 20s, and they won't act like, uh, they'll act like the, the cool parent to their, 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 their child. Oh, yeah, you can do this. You can smoke weed. Yeah, I smoke weed too. Yeah. Like, parents act like that. I, uh, I want to talk about that at least. Level yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, well, well, like, well those, those types, <laughs> those can lead to enablers and and not not really submissive, but sort of just passive and just not really caring what they're doing because you they subconsciously want them to experience what they wanted to experience, but they don't know exactly what it is that they would experience because they never experienced it. Yeah, there are some people who, um, I mean, I, I was I was watching a Joe Rogan episode once in just Dallas, and he was talking about how he smokes weed and then like his 14-year-old daughter or something like that. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they all know I smoke weed and stuff. And I was just like, um, okay, you know, but, I, 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 you know, I, I guess I don't really get that. Get what the showing of these kind of behaviors I mean, in front of your child. Like, People drink I, in front yeah. of underage children all the I, I time. Just think, you know, you're you're a parent, so you're held at a different standard. Like, you well, know. I also think that you know, you're like, that's like a gotta be like a high person's decision. 
a decision like you know not a sober mind decision. like the secondhand smoke no. part of it like just the whole thing you know okay, i don't know it's like, a, it. it's like a inebriated decision like oh you know it, or an addict's decision mm. i just feel you know i i don't i've never agreed with that like you know consuming uh no drugs or alcohol or families like no man this is yeah I get that. yeah because people you know as you're interacting with people in the world you're imprinting on them you know this is true even, and, and, even if you don't deem yourself as a teacher you know you're still wow. the way you go about your life sometimes yeah kids are imprinting. sponges and they'll absorb all that that you teach them and when i say teach i mean through your actions Right, like, that's I why I don't like being around people like, hey, look, you're malleable. No, no, because some of my views are like, you know. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no, that's La not true. Log off now. I gotta, be, I gotta be honest. I'm like, hey, look, you know, my views are like not always um, in line with, um, you know, with what other people's views are. And so no, I, take, no, I take misogyny. that. I'm not talking about misogyny. Just <laughs> <laughs> went straight to the jugular. You know, and because uh, I guess we can start talking about that then. Because what? of uh, uh, my because of my upbringing, you know, like we can talk about that. Oh, what did you love? What did you hate? Uh, yes, how would you I want. How I want to hear from y'all. Yes. Um, you know, I wasn't raised by, I was raised by a combination of parenting styles, like okay. some of you guys. So, you know, I've had the authoritarian experience where uh, the rules were the rules and the child's uh, feelings and all that were not in taken into account. There was hostility, there was aggression, there have been self-esteem issues that have come out of that. There have been a number of issues that have come out of that. Um, had the, you know, um, the uninvolved kind of uh, thing, you know, where, you know, you have one parent who decides, you know what, this is uh, not for me anymore. I'm just gonna, you know, walk away from this sort of thing. And um, yeah, so, you know, there's a number of things that come out of that and I've had those experiences. And because of that, I've experienced some of that parentification myself where, you know, mm. I I would, you know, when I, when I went to, first started in college and stuff, I would, I would um, and I was signing up, I remember, um, there was a family that came in with their child and they were having that conversation as they were, you know, uh, in, in, in the in the offices uh, and speaking to the different counselors and stuff. And they were like, oh yeah, you know, if my child gets a headache, where can they go? And they sit down and get an aspirin or something like that. And I was, and I was just thinking like, wow, like you guys are worried about that. I'm worried about where I'm gonna go tonight. I don't know where I'm going home. I don't, you know, I don't know oh. where I'm going tonight. And I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just. All I know is that there's there's only one way for me, and that's forward. There's no, um, there's no aspirin. There's no, you know. I mean, the aspirin was there, but you no, know, nobody, nobody cared to help me select uh, or classes or anything like that. And, yeah. You know, so that experience was like com com completely different. You know, it was like the weight of the entire world was on your shoulders, you know? Um, 
it it was the weight of the entire universe on your shoulders because you, mm. you you uh, you had to be responsible for your own self. But at the same time, there was uh, there was nothing to go back to. There was nothing to return to. If you made a mistake, That's a um, one. Yeah. you were the only one going to hold yourself accountable. You were the only voice of reason. <laughs> you know, so all those things. You you know you didn't have like a voice of reason. You have to eventually uh, learn and, and develop and own your own level of reason and balance within yourself, and then pursue someone. Uh, who could uh, reflect similar reasonings and values that uh, affirmed what you believe, but also, uh, but but also would be able to check you on things if you if they were wrong or something. You know, some you'd have to develop, find, you'd have to build uh, this uh, self reliance and self belief in yourself, but then you'd also have to find uh, someone with similar values who could hold you accountable yeah. right and so yeah. that takes yeah. time <laughs> that takes complete trial and error like you're just going to keep trying things over and over and over and over but when you learn something you know um, those values will stick with you and um, it's pretty difficult to like I mean it, usually if, if you have a good sort of a uh, uh, range or scope or foundation within yourself mm-hmm. then um, you know then when you learn something it'll stick with you and, and everything and, and it's it's really a weird and strange way to approach the world because as humans we are tribal beings and everything and so our values and everything are not just created by by ourselves and it's a weird way to approach the world because it's these millions and uh, millions and billions of people in this in this in this vast world, and um, you're just one of them with no direction, and can feel really completely and utterly, uh, you know, um, minuscule and you know invisible at times. It's it's really it's really strange, you know. Wow. It's yeah. a really strange like way. To, to approach life without um, without like the structure of family or the structure of parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just yeah. some of my taste. I mean, I, I love everything about my experiences. Um, um, my my father had left, you know, when I was like 15. Yana and I share uh, parents. Yeah. Um, when I was like 14, 15, he left. Yeah, I was about um, 16. 16, I saw him a few years later uh, just like walking down a street somewhere but I don't think he recognized me again I don't I don't you know or or he gave a wave I can't remember like I really don't know and um, the weird thing about that is that um, I don't you know I'm not sure how that affected um, my development I remember at one point I was I was uh, angry over that frustrated over that and then at one point I um, said, okay, you know, this parent is, I didn't say like, oh, dead to me. But yeah, I kind of said that, you know, like, okay, this parent is dead to me. And then um, a lot of those memories were just forgotten or, yeah. or locked away and stuff. I can see that. And uh, so, yeah. So 
once in a while when someone gives me a call now, I'll think, oh, maybe somebody's calling me to tell me that my father died. And um, I usually don't feel much of anything. I don't feel, uh, I feel indifferent to it, which is like um, kind of sad in itself, you know? I mean, yeah, for sure. But um, it, it is what it is, right? You know, but there, the emotional involvement and engagement and attachment to that situation is, is not really there for me. Um, mm. When it comes to my mother, uh, that parenting style was, excuse me, also authoritative. Um, I would say because I didn't get the consequences and, or at least I got the consequences, which is falls into the authoritative, which is good, a little bit more good or better. Um, better than authoritarian. The, I didn't get the, yeah, I didn't get the follow-up and, um, the communication on anything, you know, and then I pretty, I got pretty severe, uh, child abuse, like pretty severe beatings across the board. Um, you know, which never taught me anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hear that, so, um, so that was, uh, that was some of that. Um, and uh, those, uh, those, the, the abuse and everything in that area, um, I guess continue to make me like resentful and uh, disjoint and disenfranchised relationship with my mother. I feel like I don't have a traditional relationship with mothers the way people feel with mothers. Like a lot of people say like, you know, oh, that's your mother. So you, you know that saying people say where that's your mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never felt that way. <laughs> I do. I feel very little connection to my parents. Hmm. If that makes any sense, um, it does. It does. Um, yeah, I yeah. I feel very little connection, and um, the real every time I try to like foster uh, a deeper relationship with my mother, uh, I feel in my later years because when we were younger, um, it was probably like Shakur's experience. You know, like uh, everything was you know wonderful and everything, but then Thankful. there was uh, yeah, there was back and forth and everything between the mother and the child. And, um, you know, there was there was a nurturing relationship and everything. And then at some point, um, which she admitted to me later, she admitted to me later, was like, oh, you know, um, your father had gotten jealous of you. And so I want to apologize to you for neglect. And uh, that happened probably about 20, at, at like the age 25, 26 or something. That the apology was made? Yeah, and um, you know, by then, you know, there was just, the, the damage was just done. It's not, that, it's not that I still harbored like so much resentment. It's just that I don't care for these people the way that people uh, traditionally would. I don't feel for these people. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that to be mean or vindictive. I'm just being as honest as possible. You just like remove yourself emotionally. from It's not necessarily that he did it intentionally. It's that the yeah. heart feels what the heart feels. And if the heart doesn't feel something, it doesn't feel something. Right. So those those things, people are like, oh, about. but that's your, yeah, I know that's, that. but that's your mother, but that's your father or something like, you know, and I'm just, you know, I've, I've not felt those things uh, yeah. in that way. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I feel that at least on one of them. Completely, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, so you know, I, I do. I appreciate you know uh, her trying to reach out and trying to bridge a gap and connect and everything. But uh, and and I, I did look at it that way, you know, and then tried to to you know follow up and um, improve the relationship in that area, and um, you know for for so Ami, uh, you muted yourself, Ahmed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Am I back? You said yeah, you're back. So what? yes, so that we could have a, con- a continued uh, successful and healthy relationship and everything. But um, yeah. It, it was it always felt like an uphill battle in the later years yeah and um that was that was really difficult like you know you ever had a friend or something well not a friend like a person who uh who either wanted to be your friend or you wanted to be their friend at some point and um you tried to make this uh into a friendship like a potential friend who you tried to make into a friendship and it was like oh yeah this is rough this is not gonna work you know yeah the the damage was done right yeah 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 and um that's that was my experience that it was it was um it was an uphill battle or a rough battle and um didn't think there was uh going to be much development there and not because of uh um, it be, but because of inconsistency, you know, inconsistency. And I learned a lot about that in my later years that I was like, pro, I had approached relationships in general because of my upbringing uh, with a sense, sort of inconsistency and lack of uh, uh, genuineness. And because uh, I had met several people in college and stuff who, you know, they liked you and, you know, you should take that, you know, as, as a good thing, you know, <laughs> as a badge of honor. People think, you know, they like you and they think you're cool and stuff. And so, you know, you treat yeah. them with respect and everything and honesty. And uh, that's not what I did at the time. But then years later, there was a recoil and I experienced, oh, okay, well, you don't approach people and human beings in this way. And all people deserve respect. That's core value. And, mm-hmm. and, and honesty and stuff. And this is what I'm saying about... Um, when you're raising and developing yourself in this parentified sort of a uh, state, you're learning all this, uh, this, the basic stuff. If you're at all, you're learning them. You're, you're learning it as you go. And um, to kind of tie that experience into what uh, you guys have uh, previously talked about, Lalo and Shakur, some of your points, it, I think it's, um, I think it's important to like, you know, point that out in your parents as well, because we have, uh, your parents share, share uh, the same parents as I, and um, they probably have uh, sort of uh, similar yet different experience. Right. You know. Yeah. That was just a bit about my experience. Uh, what did I like? What did I like did about like? my? <laughs> did I... <laughs> He's like, what, what did you like? <laughs> Oh, here comes the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like my, my my mother still has an open heart. Um, she still sees uh, good in me, and um, you know, and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> um, we we still have love for each other. You know, it's just uh, it's just different. It's a long list, you know? and I've learned to appreciate. Uh, the, the little that uh, is there, you know? 
Yeah. I would say that it, it doesn't, it really does not have to be. Everyone's life experience is unique to them. And the traumas that everyone experiences, they, they, they arrive at a different conclusion. Everyone arrives at a conclusion that works for them or that they cope, whether it's coping or, or what have you. What you, what is your lifestyle? It doesn't have to be modeled off of any traditional role or that a mother and son have to have. There is no role that a mother and son have to have. Yeah. Sure, there, there are many TV roles that you might see, or maybe there, there may have been a traditional role that you would have hoped for. But just because the, the destination you've arrived at now is as it is, that doesn't mean it's a bad place. I think it's a huge place of growth from where things started. So, no, that's why I say that, yeah, I'm, I'm able to appreciate uh, the little that I have. Yeah. So, you know, um, not really, you know, not for after a TV model or anything, right, but um, right. just what was uh, socially acceptable at the time. Yeah, yeah, because even, even at that time, um, that would still be considered, you know, some of the things that we experienced would still be considered pretty horrible, you know what I mean? Even even at that time, so it wasn't that long ago. Um, but I'll, I'll throw in a little bit, I know we're, we're hitting time, but I'll, I'll no, throw in No, I'm enjoying the content. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what's, what's your face yeah, doing? Yeah, go ahead, it's your doing? turn. <laughs> uh, what? I don't want to leave without like? sharing, because everyone's what sharing. Worked, what didn't work, and... Uh, what do you appreciate parenting um, styles? Okay, so I would say um, that what my experience of my parents, I would say, w- was uh, authoritarian is what I would I would consider it from Authority. both from both parents. Not authoritative, authoritarian. That's do as I say. You have no choice. That that's what I experience. Um, growing up in in the way that, the way that I did, because I want to speak for myself. The, I would say females had different, and there were different expectations on females that there were on males. Um, granted, I am the eighth of, of my, my siblings. So I, I did feel like it, with the level of poverty that we grew up in, number eight um, being also being female, just kind of always felt very lost in the sauce. Very, um, I, I felt very, very, very invisible when I was growing up. Um, and I think that what my parents were, excuse me, I want to say parents, because I, I, I spend most of my life with my mother um, and my father was there only a few times, maybe once a month or something like that. Um, and when I was really little, I don't remember him. I just remember him dropping by from time to time. Um, but I don't remember much of him. So I want to say my mother, because I would consider that I was raised by my mother. Uh-huh. And so within that, I just remember a very, very authoritarian sort of situation where it was, you know, almost, almost even kind of like, like drill sergeant sort of thing. This is what we're doing. This is how it's done. And this is the expectation. And then when you kind of grow up in a certain sort of a subculture, the way that I did, the people that are, are in the neighborhood are sometimes also have the authority of parents over you. And so it was, I felt like there was so many rules to follow and there was such a high expectation on what you could and couldn't do. And there were harsh consequences, um, whether that was corporal punishments or 
labor or or what have you or being labeled as something and you know at that stage in life a woman's integrity was really all all that she had so it's like you, you always want to be seen as the best that you can be um i always felt like um in the way of education and success and learning and different things like that i really always felt like that was not necessarily the number one thing um i felt like domestics were were more important and that was more placed on a higher value um and then what what is the word that ahmed said <laughs> the parentifying was definitely um another big one always kind of watching children always kind of rearing and doing things that kind of felt way over your head i felt like i was way in over my head a lot of the times with my younger siblings and then eventually with my nieces and nephew mostly with my younger siblings i want to talk about when i was a child um to the point where i used to be afraid to grow up i was petrified i was completely afraid to grow up because i felt i always felt like we never had even the basics and so it's like we have so little you know when i grew up there's going to be could be so many more mouths to feed there could be so much um and there was really n- never any there wasn't there was education was hard for us to get access to um you know just basic 9 to 5 job was like unheard of so there were really from my perspective as a young child and then eventually as a young teenager there were no there was no anchor you know there was no there was no guarantee of a resource even for the very basics like food shelter clothing um warmth you know there was there was really no guarantee so i always would dread i used to have nightmares all the time and i would always dread growing up because i'm like if we have nothing now boy we have no resources and no access i'm just going to be older and scrambling like the adults that i see so i personally didn't see a way out of things um and so that's kind of how my my viewpoint was when it came to my parents i saw them as just figures i didn't see i saw them as just figures people that were over us and that we had to listen to or else um and this there, is not- there was no emotional connection no 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 um no not to not to my mother at all i i just i always felt like she just didn't have the time it was too many of us and she i, I don't remember her smiling in, until i was about 19 maybe 16 17 i didn't remember her smiling so no i just just straight face stack rocks straight face carry this straight face do that and so i would would kind of draw strength from that like okay well you can be tough you can survive you can you can kind of work for something even if it's something little maybe you can work for something so i started to kind of that and i used to draw strength from uh the the praying that she did she was always very routine with things and we even had a, our own routine where we would have to like get up in the morning before the sun rises to pray and different things like that then work in the gardens so we we kind of had like a routine a daily routine um so i would draw strength from routine from prayer and from working hard those are the um the qualities that that i pulled most from when it came to my parents um but yes when it came to my my mother i would say very much 
authoritarian, um, little to no emotion, I would say. Um, from from my father, I don't want to say absentee because I don't like to, I don't know. I always feel guilty when I talk about this stuff. Um, I would say just really kind of not really there. There was a little emotion from him. He was, he, he did have some, but really not much. Um, Wait, he, was it, was it positive emotion? Like positive? Um, he did say, I love you. I did hear that before. Okay. So, but I, I don't know that, um, no, it wasn't always positive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, but he did, I did hear him say, I love you before. Um, and I remember when he did come and it could be because he was away for so long. And it's, it's sad because sometimes when one parent bears the burden of having to raise the children and the other parent just pops in, then they're the fun parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that, that wasn't the case with, with me. He wasn't the fun parent, but when he came, he did, he did hug. I do remember getting a hug and I, I did like that. So I guess when I say emotion, I got a hug, you know, and, yeah. and someone said, I love you. You, I think, I think the, proper, the better word would be like affection. Affection. There you go. Affection. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the better word. So yeah. let me wrap this up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so moving from what I would what I would consider to be an authoritarian household with very limited access to what I believe could have set me up for, for future, which was education and then the basics of warmth, shelter. Um, okay, let's say affection, love, those sort of things. Um, Moving from that, then there was still certain expectations on females. So I was married off when I was very young, although to the regular person, the age of 19 doesn't may not seem that young. But the way I was raised, being in an authoritarian sort of situation where you do what you're told and you don't have... I didn't think for myself. You were like a robot? very much so. I didn't even think for a lot of my needs and desires. I just threw them to the back and I would just daydream. I used to spend a lot of time daydreaming. That was it. In my mind, it was popping off in my mind, but in <laughs> the real world, not so much. Um, so from that sort of, be- of situation, then getting married off young and then being taught at a young age that your, your job, your role is to, you know, kind of obey. It, it's, it really kind of snowballed into a more of, of being a that submissive person. And I think I didn't really, I mean, what was the word that you used? You used a word about, not wasn't confidence. It was something else that you said. Autonomy. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. I think there was some, some uh, self-esteem, seriously some self-esteem um, issues. Um, and then, I mean, the autonomy really didn't come until after I got divorced. So, um, so I mean, that's really just a nutshell, and it's not really doing justice to, to myself or my parents, but it is what it is. It's a portion of the story from, from my perspective. Um, and so what did I learn? I learned about hard work. Some of the best times I can remember with my siblings was when we worked on a project together, whether that was 
uh, could be stacking rocks or carrying firewood or something like that. It was something that where we had a camaraderie and we were all on the same page and we were all excited when we accomplished our goal. So I think I derive happiness from checklists and from completing goals. Um, and so from, from, from that, I learned about, you know, completing tasks, setting goals and completing tasks. From my mother, I learned about the power of prayer because I feel like having a constant in your life and that consistency can bring you some peace of mind. So, so that gave me peace of mind. And then, um, so consistency, peace of mind, being on a schedule, and a lot of the other things that I experienced in my childhood, I just kind of decided weren't relevant anymore, and, and I just left them there. So <laughs> there are many stories I truly can't recall because I just didn't think they were relevant to take with me. Um, yeah, to add to that, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to conceptualize some of my childhood experiences because of that reason in particular. I simply don't remember them. Right, right. So if I would say what I didn't, what I didn't like, um, I would say to close a person off from education is really to stunt their growth and, and to, um, to limit them in ways which you can't fully understand because you're just stopping that person's development. And I think that that is um, completely wrong. Um, so that's a big one. I think if we were allowed education and we were allowed to work, we would have been able to help our family more and we would have been less angry, you know, all the time. Um, so that would be the big, a big takeaway for me. And then from my, my father, I would say, I learned a, a lot about maybe trying to be more open about what your, your experiences are. Don't be trying to be all mysterious and then no one knows how to help you. Um, and I, I learned a little bit about what not to do. Um, and, and to kind of have grace for, even even though if my family doesn't understand everything that I'm going through, there's always someone out there that does care and that does want to be there for me. Even if everyone doesn't know, but there are a few. There's always someone. I think that you should always have someone that you can confide in and that, that you care in. And family is a great place to start. Um, so yeah, for my own kids, I would just try to have more empathy. I would try to give them as much resources as I possibly could. Um, I would try to build up their self-esteem. I would just try to give them the things that I didn't have, um, you know, within reason, but I would I would really, really center my, myself around a place to come home to. I think it's really important. Yeah, wow. Um, having a place to come home to is, is just so crucial. And just kind of knowing that someone will catch you when you fall, I think can just speak wonders. And I remember, um, a friend of mine was, I was, I was going, I was running an errand and I was pulling up to, to her house or her parents' house. And she was just like walking down the street with her dad. They went for a walk that morning. And it was such a basic thing of just walking and talking. And I was just like, wow, like imagine being able to just do that. Just walk in the morning and have a conversation with your father and enjoy it. Yeah, you know. sounds like my experience with uh, applying for college for the first time. And yeah, yeah, that yeah. really hit home for me when you said that because I I always remember that picture of them just kind of walk. Well, I was looking at them, but in my mind, I took a snapshot of like, yep, wow, yep, yeah, I, you know. 
Yeah. How, how like, oh, look at these pansies. You need a pair to hold your hand. Oh, no, I wasn't go-to. thinking of it that way. You need I had, dad I, I I'd already dealt with my anger issues. So, no. Yes, you, need, you, need, you need your dad to walk in the morning. Only, only the last three years that I gained some uh, some self-control or whatever and not be so angry about everything all the time. You know, I think it's really important and, and I really, really believe that you have to you have to hold this space of grace for your parents because they are people. And that's something that I always push towards myself. Um, if I ever start to become overcome with emotion or anything like that, that you really do have to keep keep that in the back of your mind. These are people first who did, I believe they did what they knew, you know? The best they could. And I think they did the best that they could. And, you know, we're here, we're thriving, we're growing, we're moving, we're overcoming. And that's that. And I think also some things that Ahmed said, like if your parents can turn around and, and even say, hey, I was wrong, I think that speaks volumes. Everyone doesn't get that sort of closure. Yep, I'm also not sharing all of my story because uh oh you know, me neither if if, if we were to dissect yeah. each and every one of our parents f- stories we would have a whole season by the end of it okay yeah, yeah i would just yeah. say that would be uh <laughs> that i'm saving that for my uh yeah you gotta mom. pay for that yeah baby hold tight that's gonna charge you that's gonna charge you personally though for me my mom has always been like uh the pillar for me so I've been like lucky enough to have a good relationship with her. Mm. But when uh, when Ahmed was talking about the impartialness, uh, I really felt that because wait, on the, wait, father, the impartialness to your to your, your, to your parent. Uh, yeah, because on the father's oh. side of that, I'm I'm like completely impartial. It's it's not like I I always try to think of like the their people type thing, but it's. It's it's really really not even in my own control because it's just you know mm. it's just yeah you, you know but I I've been lucky enough to have a predominantly healthy relationship with my mother. Mm. Yeah, good. I would say um, I would say if you can find a way to uh, bridge that gap now and uh, get in and have some type of relationship, it's probably better than um, than waiting them waiting and having sure. no connection to them yeah. like I do I mean I forget that I have a father honestly all the wow. time I do not even I have no idea like <laughs> you'd be surprised like I have I no know I, I feel like, I feel you yeah because that that's that's, that's how I was feeling until yeah. until I came here to NY yeah I think you do have to throw out that traditional role of what a father is supposed to be because your life is non-traditional and you have to find in there something of value, if possible, if the person is willing. Sometimes the person is not willing. But I think what Ahmed said to you is really important, Lalo. I think it's you're at that you're at an age where there's you know there's still time. Even your father's still young, and yeah, there's, there's time. Yeah, just, it's not just take it from me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you'll just feel completely and utterly uh, distra- disconnected. Um, and, and, um, and, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, pursuing this relationship is going to be, you know, like, like she was saying, you know, butterflies it surely may not. or anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, at least maybe you, maybe it'll help. Maybe you'll, you'll gain some perspective from it. Uh, maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll pursue that relationship and realize, mm, you know, maybe I don't want this. 
I mean, yeah, but you never the, the know bridge, the bridge is not gone. The bridge is not gone. Right. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you can put some nails on the bridge and fix it again. It's not well, completely burned. It might be leaking. I'm just joking. I'm, yeah. Yo. I'm that goes. That goes. That goes into the 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 ifs and the wants. Right. If yeah, that bridge before, even wants to be yeah, fixed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, you can check. Uh, check on that now. See it. See about that now, rather than um, seeing about it in 20 years. Yeah. Because in 20 years, you're like, oh, how much value is there going to be here for me? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree mm. with Ahmed True. because True. with with us, I would say that we we weren't all woke back in the day, and you know, we didn't have the tools. And when I say the tools, I'm just going to say the foresight to really know the value of being able to sit down and have a conversation with someone we, we didn't have those tools so we were not able to do those things and i don't even know if it would have been doable at that time but yeah i um, I, I wouldn't even put that on us i mean no 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 no, no. Was, i'm saying he's been given he's yeah. been given some really important information yeah Alam's oh, been man. given some important information and this day and age he's got the tools to at least attempt at this Whereas with us, we didn't have those tools. We didn't have anyone, you know, saying, hey, why don't you try this? We didn't have that stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's absolutely. kind of what I was trying. That's what I was trying to say. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, go ahead and try this if if that would work for you. Yeah, and, if uh, it could would improve, work for you. And if it could improve uh, your life and your potential outcome. And then tell us in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what's it called? So comment on that. I don't like talking about myself a lot. I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot today. But um, to like to like relate to what, what's it called, Lalo, uh, kind of, I guess. When I, picture my, when I used to picture my father, it would be sort of a villain because again emotional like emotion state wise i felt like my father never understood me on the emotional level he never understood what i was going through because he, he compared a lot so i never understood that he never understood like why don't you understand me i'm trying why don't you understand what i'm doing here and stuff like that i would picture him as sort of a villain and then but now that i've grown up i kind of want to reach out more and fix the bridge and put some nails in and now i have the foresight to say I need a father in my life. This is this guy isn't a villain, or like this guy isn't a villain. He's not. He's also human. Because I used to think my father was perfect and stuff like that as a kid. What, what was, was his? What was his experiences like with his father? My dad. I don't know what my dad's experience with his dad was like. He was. He would. He would. You said that's not the question, or not a good question. So that's probably a good question, maybe. For yeah, him. like like. His, his his dad, I don't know, because, like, his dad was a worker, and my dad was indoctrinated into the workforce at an early age, at least to me, at least. He was, he, he was, he was working when he was my age. He was already on that grind. Yeah, he was already on that grind working, and he joined his father's work and stuff like that. So when I find the time, I'll ask him what his, his relationship was with his father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could be that... Um, his experience was similar, you know, um, to yours, and that is, you know, kind of conditioned him to approaching the relationship that way. It's true. Could be. I don't know. I saw my I saw my father as the perfect man, the person to always aspire to. Even now, the always the person yeah, to aspire me, to. 
maybe it's maybe having uh, that conversation with him will have him go and you know say oh well yeah you're right um, my experience with my dad was um, yeah he didn't really you know talk through things through with me emotionally or anything like that mm-hmm. you know and um, yeah maybe maybe something good might come out of it yeah well, that applies to you too kind of talk having a yeah. talk with your dad Oh, look at us spreading gems. Look at y'all teaching the next generation to do this and that. Aren't, y- aren't y'all proud of yourselves? So proud. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm privately proud of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you said, I thought you said I'm privately proud of you. <laughs> no, I'm not privately proud of you. I am openly proud He's of like, you. I am just, let's, let's talk about that behind closed doors. No. Oh, my God. No. That's funny. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just playing. Oh well, that right. was a lot to dissect. Yeah, this cipher. that was that was this wonderful. Is, is this our longest episode? It, it, have to break it up. It could be. It could be. We're gonna break that up. I'm sorry. We're gonna break that up. Two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we did it by accident. We did it by accident. I feel like Corey's eyes were telling all of what he wanted to hear. Every time we started talking, he's like, no, 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 we don't have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I like the content, you feel me? I like the content. And plus, it was really raw and nice, okay? It was it was it was nice, okay? leaking the trauma out, everybody. Uh What? (laughs) (laughs) I was leaking some trauma too. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, if we literally, I said, no, if no, we no, dissect no. each and every one of our stories and like go into depth and like do it some justice to each of our parents, this will become an entire season, like each and every one of us. Okay, yeah, especially Lalo. Lalo, Lalo ain't even talk. Lalo even talked really. He, he could have gotten deep. I know Lalo could have gotten deep. Oh well, that's because I, yeah, I think I the word of this is always uh, going around me. And uh, yeah, wait, what what I mean. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the word of the word of this episode is uh, catharsis. I feel a little bit light, Jesse. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt, it, it felt nice. That's good. It felt nice to talk about. Okay, it felt nice. It's a nice episode. It's a touchy topic. You know what I mean? Because you like you don't want to disrespect, but you know. Cause, at the cause same time. I, cause.